All right, Mikey. Are we, are we on yet? We are okay. on, Mike. Go ahead. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. My name is Mike Stewart, the Internet Audio and Video Guy. And I'll tell you something. I am here tonight as a student because uh, I am not a lawyer. I don't play one on TV. Uh, I, I probably have said things that could have got me in trouble, didn't know it. So I wanted you guys to be here. How many times do you get to hear from experts in the legal world and you don't get a bill? Well, tonight is one of those opportunities to hear from, from an expert in something that, that we all need to know. I mean, there I tell you what, there are lawyers and legal people out there that I've talked to that don't know copyright law and they really... You know, they may know real estate and other aspects of, of the legal world, but when it comes to uh, the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, when it comes to websites, when it comes to saying things in marketing, you need people who understand us knucklehead marketers <laughs> like myself. Maybe you're not you, but me, but definitely me. And Chip and Alan have really got this stuff down. So you don't need to hear me talk for a whole hour. These are guys I've known for many years. I met... Uh, um, Alan at the big seminar probably 10 years ago. I met Chip on a, a, a marketer's cruise and at JB Zoo years ago. And uh, these guys are the real deal. They're the real experts. And they have embraced our community of marketing online and brought the things that we need to know from a legal standpoint. So you're going to love this training tonight. I'm going to sit here and learn and take notes. I don't need to interrupt anymore. You guys need to just show your presentation and show these folks what you, your goods and what you know. And I can't tell you how proud I am to have you uh, uh, present to these folks so thanks a lot and go for it all right thank hey thank you everybody for having us this evening um, we've got a great presentation but the first thing I want to do is just you know go through little you know things if you've got one of these you might want to turn it off put it on uh, vibrate whatever it is grab a, uh, a pen and a pad because you will want to take some notes as we go through here uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight is 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 really like a little dark secret that nobody really should talk about. And I mean, I've been in marketing. Uh, I think Mike Stewart and I probably met at Big Seminar too. Uh, so we're going back 95, 96, 97, something like that. So uh, it's and, and the FTC has really started coming down on those of us that work online. Uh, you know, even small businesses that have uh, website presence, mommy bloggers, and stuff like that. Uh, you looked at some of the stuff the Kardashians have got nailed to, nailed for just over the last two or three uh, months. It's it's amazing um, what's going on out there for bloggers and people that are promoting products and, and stuff like that. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump into our presentation. Uh, if you have questions, please, uh, I, I put a little uh, note up in the chat box up there. There is a, a bubble in the Q&A. Make sure you use the... Uh, the bubble that says Q&A and not just chat because it's separate from, from my side when I'm trying to keep track of everything. It separates it and puts all the questions, the actual questions, in a one box versus just the plain chat. So we'll go through and we'll answer questions at the end. And um, we'll, we'll answer questions until you don't have any more questions. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn this over to Chip. Chip's my business partner and Internet attorney. He's the Internet to uh, uh, some of the biggest names in the internet world as well as you know regular companies uh, SaaS companies software as a service type companies uh, all around the globe and he knows internet law inside and out and I'm going to just turn it over to to chip and then we're we'll get going make sure you have a pad and pencil and turn off your uh, your cell phone maybe shut the door to your office whatever so chip I'm gonna turn this over to you and you're on screen chip 
Okay, you can see me here, right? Yes, I can. All right, Chip Cooper here. I'm your presenter this evening. Alan's going to be filling in a little bit. And I uh, just want to let you know who I am. You can see me here, and it's, it's time to get started. So I want to go to the slides, and I'm going to hope, hope that Alan will let me know if you can see the screen. And yes, he can see the screen, right? Yes, I can. Okay, here we go. The topic, tragic legal war stories. And what's a war story? It's really uh, what happened to an online business owner, a lot like you, sued by the Federal Trade Commission. So we're going to talk about those war stories, and we'll show you how the FTC could freeze your bank accounts and what you can do to avoid this happening to you. I, I jumped the gun right there. I want to ask sort of rhetorically a question, and it's this. You know, I, I haven't represented these people. I don't know who they are, but in reading their cases, I think I know a little bit about them. And I don't think anybody intended to violate the law. Nobody does that. Nor do I think that they acted recklessly. Uh, so what's the common thread? What's the common denominator that ended up uh, resulting in these people getting into such serious trouble? Well, here it is. You saw it just a second ago, but now we'll actually present it the way I intended to, they just didn't know what they didn't know, and ignorance is no excuse. Now, this is a cliche, of course, but there's always a kernel of truth in the cliche, and this is a theme that we're going to mention several times in this call, because if you're typical, uh, based on people I talk with a lot uh, in the internet marketing field, you probably don't know what you don't know as well. So that's a theme we'll bring up a little bit later. First, though, there's a big question, probably the big question, and it's simply this. Do you sell to or collect personal information from, say, from a, or through a squeeze page to consumers who are located in the United States? And if you're collecting from persons who work at home, they're considered to be consumers as well. And the big key is, are they located in the United States? It doesn't matter where you're located as long as these consumers are located in the United States. So if you answer yes to this big question, then you're subject to the jurisdiction of the Federal Trade Commission. And let me introduce you to your 800-pound gorilla. Now, obviously, this is uh, just a representation. Um, so we don't really have a gorilla in the room, obviously. Sometimes he's referred to as... A white, the white elephant in the room, I like the gorilla uh, metaphor better because I think it better represents the Federal Trade Commission. In any event, this guy, figuratively speaking, is looking over your shoulder when you work on your online business. When you add a, uh, say, a headline to a squeeze page or sales page or, or put up a squeeze page or make a social media post, this guy is watching you to see if you're in compliance. And this is a big point, so listen very carefully. If you do not take, if you do not, if you don't know what you don't know, which I'm sure is probably the case with most, if not all of you, and if you don't take really affirmative steps to take control of your business and, and personal assets that this guy has control of, he's going to remain in control. And um, that's really a pretty serious situation, as we'll see as we get into some of the war stories. So what is the secret, the secret to taking control of your business 
and your personal assets from this gorilla? Well, here it is. Pretty simple. Successful marketing strategies always involve built-in legal strategies. And uh, Alan, um, I forgot to ask you at the beginning, but do you think that uh, the people here in this call might be interested in doing a little bit of a demo uh, to sort of illustrate this secret? What do you think? Yeah, guys, uh, we've, we've got a little uh, chip does this presentation a lot from stage and in meetings and I just want to make sure you guys are willing to play along a little bit if, if, if you're willing to play along and go through the demo with us just give me a quick yes in the chat box there uh, I understand there's a little bit of delay so I'm just gonna sit here and wait until I kinda see it go through um, and we're getting some uh, yes 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 hell yes okay we're all we're good everybody's willing to uh, to play along so yeah. we're good Chip did we get a hell yes in there? We got a hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got my kind of people on this call. I like that. All right, this will be quick. What you need to do, and I know you don't feel silly, just do follow along with me. Hold your hands out in front of you as I'm doing, thumbs up and about five, four or five inches apart. Now, when you wiggle the fingers in your right hand, these fingers represent your marketing strategies, the strategies that you're using right now or plan to use to build your business. Now, wiggle the fingers in your left hand. These fingers represent the legal strategies, the legal protection strategies that should support your marketing strategies. But here's the catch. As long as these hands and fingers are apart, this is where you are right now, and it's not where you want to be. You want to be in a position where, as the secret says, successful marketing strategies always include built-in. And so built-in is the key. So if you bring your hands together and intertwine your fingers like this, go ahead and do it. This represents the built-in legal strategies that need to support and protect you in connection with your marketing strategies. So this is the simple little demo that we do that illustrates where you want to be. Not here, but here. This, this is exactly where you want to be. So let's get back to the slides. And let's see, you can see me now, right? Okay, there we go. Let, let's, let's, yep, let's advance this thing. Good grief. So once you actually support your marketing strategies with your legal strategies and have them built in, then this is the result. You'll be able to worry-proof your online business, which is probably not where you are now, but where you want to be. First, a little housekeeping. The presentation is for informational purposes only. It's not legal advice. There's no attorney-client relationship created, and we're certainly not endorsed by the Federal Trade Commission. Now, this is an important point. Uh, listen carefully. We have my latest book on FTC compliance available as a bonus offer for free, no charge, if you hang on to the end of the call, and at that time, uh, Alan will give you the link and other information on exactly how you can get your copy. It should be a very, uh, very helpful resource material for you, so be sure to hang on to the end of the call. A little bit about my background, without going into great detail, I've been a full-time practicing attorney and am today with the Atlanta firm of Jones & Haley, but I've been at this for over 30 years. I spent a lot of time in the FTC compliance e-commerce area, also work with a lot of software companies, 
I've served as adjunct professor of software law at Wake Forest University School of Law for 20 years, and I've authored four books in the fields of software and internet law, and my latest one last year is titled Targeting You. It's about big data. And I represent clients a lot in the uh, FTC compliance and e-commerce area, and they tend to fall into two groups, digital marketing agencies, essentially advertising agencies that now work in the digital space, a lot of uh, social media marketing, and then the guys who develop online platforms, e-commerce marketplaces, affiliate platforms, that sort of thing. So that's what I do. I've also appeared on TV a few times, uh, interviewed about my book and about what we're doing at FTC Guardian. Also, I'm an equal opportunity connector, you might say, at LinkedIn. So if you want to search for me, pretty simple, Chip Cooper. I'll be happy to accept you, be connected, and look forward to doing that. All right, so what are we going to cover in this call specifically, other than just the war stories? Well, three things basically. Uh, with the addition of a solution, very simple and easy and cost-effective solution to get control of that gorilla, that comes later. But the three main points are, number one, why the FTC is now going after the little guys, and I apologize. I don't think you're a little guy, but the FTC does. And why you should be worried if you're a little guy. Number two, what it's actually like step by step to get sued by the FTC and how your bank accounts and personal assets can be frozen and lost forever. And then finally, some real-life examples of people who didn't think they were at risk but got nailed anyway by the FTC and why it could happen to you as well and what you can do about it. All right, part one, FTC is going after the little guys. Really important, and a key date that you really need to be aware of is 2009, because before 09, there was very little regulation, very little enforcement of online businesses. And I refer to this period as the wild, wild west. Almost anything went, and there were a lot of abuses during that period. It was a very entrepreneurial period, uh, very much like the wild, wild west, the law, the, the law hadn't arrived yet. It was sort of the law of the six gun, so to speak. But then beginning in 09, we see the uh, Federal Trade Commission deciding to make a big change and to start hyper-regulating everything. I call it the tsunami of new laws and regulations and a, a very aggressive stepped-up enforcement by the Federal Trade Commission. And then beginning in 2014 up to the present day, there's another trend, and that is drilling down to the smaller guys. That's you, the smaller uh, internet marketer. And here's a very important point, so listen very carefully. A lot of people who I talk to at events and otherwise say, well, you know, I'm a little guy. You know, I, I'm not a big fish in the, you know, I'm, and I'm not that well known. And so I can fly under the radar. In fact, I can hide uh, near the back row where the arrow's pointing there to the guy, but you know, the FTC is going to get the guy on the front row, the guy that's very active, very big, got a target on his head, and I'm here to tell you that maybe back in the wild, wild west or at the very beginning of the tsunami, that was true, but it's not true anymore, and the reason is that the FTC, in doing research on the guy on the front row, will determine that there are a lot of other people doing the same thing and so they will, in many cases, bring lawsuits not only against that guy, but against the other people doing the same thing, maybe not to the same extent, 
but the same thing. And so you really can't hide back there the way you used to be able to. Very important if you're a little guy. Maybe you're not on the front row, but you're just as vulnerable, typically, as the guy on the front row. Very important point to uh, understand. And then there may be a new trend developing, and that is simply that compliance, and I'm speaking, of course, about FTC compliance, it's becoming cool. And the reason I say that is consumers are becoming more sophisticated, more knowledgeable. They know what a, a uh, privacy policy, for example, looks like that is up to date. And I believe that when they go and, and look at your website and click on the privacy policy link at the bottom of the page, they can say, well, you know, it looks like he knows what he's doing or she knows what she's doing. And so, we, you know, there's this no like, and trust thing. Well, if they, if they're legally compliant, they're probably trustworthy to do business with. So it's sort of cool these days to be uh, legally compliant. And we think that's a new trend that started. All right. Number two, and this is where, uh, this is where you really need to listen up again because uh, I don't know where you would go to find the information we're going to talk about unless you get sued, God forbid, by the Federal Trade Commission. So we're going to talk about how they go about doing it step by step from building the case to actually bringing the lawsuit and all the horrible things that go along with it. So let's get started. This is how, in many cases, they begin doing their research. And you remember at the outset I talked about the gorilla in the room looking over your shoulder. Well, this is the gorilla. I mean, it's a representation of an employee at the Federal Trade Commission, either in Washington at the home office, or um, it could be a guy working in the re a regional office, either one. And guess what? You're online 24-7. So this guy can easily review your sales pages and your ad claims you know, that you're making on those sales pages, uh, review your privacy policy and quickly determine if it's up to date, uh, review your social media post 24-7, and then start making some very um, initial observations that the, you may need further uh, investigation because it looks like you may be out of compliance, right? Another thing that you need to understand is that the FTC is always looking for consumer complaints about you. They've got a uh, complaint form, and this is a very misleading because it's a clip of the top third, perhaps, of the first page of a very comprehensive complaint form. They want to know a lot of information about you, and they encourage consumers who have complaints. Maybe you were a little slow or late on a refund, whatever. They want to hear about it, and this is where uh, they get a lot of their information. Now, if you Google, for example, FTC complaint, this form will come up number one every single time. Also, the FTC uses um, conceptually the same that you use uh, in terms of funnels. You use marketing funnels. They funnel in complaints. And you can see uh, highlighted on the bottom there, they have a page there or a section title reviews. A lot of it is merely gripes, but they check that out. And every now and then, I think they might get the beginning of an investigation there. But here is where they really, really get the information about you to bring a case. Uh, and I'm not going to go through all of this, only the ones that are highlighted in yellow, because they're the keys here. The first would be the Better Business Bureau. 
And the big point to be made here is that the Better Business Bureau is pretty much known by almost every consumer. Now, they may not be aware yet of the uh, complaint form on the FTC website, but everybody knows about the Better Business Bureau, and if they have a complaint against you, that's where they go. And guess what? The Better Business Bureau refers the vast majority of these complaints directly to the FTC. The next would be advocacy groups. And this is a group that is really emerging to create a lot of complaints and trouble for online marketers. And I just added another slide or two today. Let me show you about this. One of the key um, advocacy groups is known as truthinadvertising.org. You might just jot this down and check it out after the call, truthinadvertising.org. They, uh, they expose people that they think are out of compliance, and they've done so very recently with the Kardashians. Uh, my partner Cuts mentioned them briefly. There's a long article about a number of social media posts. Here's one of them. Um, Here's one where um, there is no disclosure that this is a paid ad. It's not just a post on uh, uh, social media. It's really a paid ad, but it doesn't it doesn't carry the uh, disclosure that's required by law. So they're being called out by this organization again, TruthInAdvertising.org, and that's on the website right now. If you go there after the call, you'll see it. You'll also see that this same website is encouraging consumers who read these uh, articles about wrongdoing and out of compliance marketers to file a complaint with them and then they forward it on to law enforcement including the FTC. So that's obviously a, a growing source of complaints funneled to the Federal Trade Commission. Then you've got the Attorney General of all the states, all 50 states, they have consumer protection laws that are very similar to the FTC Act. Now there are 28 of the states which have statutes that are patterned almost identically to the FTC Act. In fact, the uh, most attorneys refer to them as Little FTC Act. So these guys are out looking for the same complaints uh, that the FTC is. But then there's something else that's that's really getting to be significant these days, and that is your competitors, pretty cutthroat guys, are also filing complaints against other marketers. And here is a clip from a presentation uh, last year by Mary Engel, who is the FTC Associate Director for Advertising Policies, and she's speaking at a, at a uh, marketing event. And someone in the audience asked her this question. What if a marketer feels their competition is breaking the rules? And here's what she said. It's quoted, we have a complaint line, right? And it's, she gives the phone number they can use. And then watch this carefully. We actually get a lot of leads from competitors. So it's not just the FTC. It's competitors. It's advocacy groups. It's the Better Business Bureau. They're all looking for complaints against you. And then this is something, again, new that I've just added, and I want you to listen very, very carefully to this. Um, this is a one-minute clip from a video that appeared on the Federal Trade Commission website. And what they have here, the FTC has, is a database 
of complaints called the Consumer Sentinel Network. So all of these complaints are funneled into this massive database and then the FTC makes that database available to law enforcement and state attorneys general everywhere. And so this is, listen carefully, this is an FTC uh, essentially marketing message to law enforcement everywhere to participate in the Sentinel network. And it's really sort of chilling. So listen here, let's see if the, uh, here we go, you hear the drums there. Pretty scary. is an online investigative tool that gives members access to millions of consumer complaints. I would rate Consumer Sentinel specifically the most effective tool we have. Sentinel is one of the most valuable resources in, in my bag of tricks. The Consumer Sentinel Network is based on the idea that sharing information can make law enforcement even more effective. It's a free resource, and it's available to any federal, local, or state law enforcement agency. And go to one website within about 30 seconds I have a complete list of every complaint filed within a certain time period it's the entire database that you need to build cases very very concerning about all of the collection of all of the co uh, the complaints about you and your competitors uh, it's really hard to sort of slip under the radar or fly under the radar or stand in the back row anymore so let's get into some of these actual cases we talked about at the outset. This one is against a relatively small uh, entrepreneurial uh, marketer known as Online, uh, excuse me, Applied Knowledge. It involved the sale of coaching programs and the problem with the FTC involved deceptive testimonials. Now you see a clip here of the complaint, which is what the document that the FTC files as plaintiff. And you see the Federal Trade Commission on the top left they're the plaintiff. You also see below that apply knowledge and another related entity, right? And you see on the right column what the court, what the FTC is asking the court to approve prior to any type of legal hearing where you might be present. But one thing that's extremely important is this. On the left side below these entities you see this. And these are the names of the individual people who are involved in these companies, they are listed personally, meaning that their business and their family assets are at risk. Now you might have wondered back at the very beginning when I talked about the gorilla and I said that you know the gorilla was in control not only of your business but your family assets. Well this is exactly how he is in control of your family and, and personal assets because you are listed as a defendant here and all the FTC has to prove in order to basically take your assets is that you participated in the marketing or you managed it or knew about it. Pretty easy to do and therefore once that occurs all of your personal assets are at risk. So we're going to take a look at some of the relief which is in the lower right hand corner that was asked for and typically asked for in some of these cases. Here is another case, actual case involving online entrepreneur, again a coaching program case, and this time 
it involved deceptive ads. And what I want to point out here is the precise language in the, in the, in the complaint that was filed and then made a court order signed by the judge that, or, that authorized the appointment of a receiver. So what is a receiver? In very simple terms, this is a guy who comes in, takes control of your business, and shows you the door. I mean, you're out of there, right? And you can see the language here. Further ordered, subparagraph A, assume full control of, of your business. And then in subparagraph B, take exclusive custody and control of all the assets. So you're out of there. The receiver's in control. Really an incredible, very powerful remedy that the Federal Trade Commission has, and not many people are aware that they can get this kind of relief uh, in terms of, of filing a complaint and getting a court to agree with them. Now, this one is the asset freeze, also in that same document, and you've heard about it, right? But here's the language in black and white. This is what it looks like, and God forbid you don't want to be the recipient of anything like this. So uh, you see there in the highlighted language that you are hereby restrained and enjoined from assigning, concealing, converting, selling, all of that stuff, and you see underlined in red any asset, which includes, of course, includes all of your business assets, but if you're listed as a defendant, which you saw just a couple of slides ago, then it's your personal assets, your family assets as well are frozen, and that's the language, and that's exactly what it looks like. You don't want to be there. Now, here is another case involving a marketer known as Commerce Planet with a membership site. And uh, membership sites have continuity income uh, programs typically, meaning uh, income pro generating programs that continue periodically until the member opts out or cancels out. And so there are a number of disclosures that are required to be made. And if you fail to make those disclosures, the FTC is likely to bring a case against you, right? So the reason I mention this case is that uh, the next step, once, once the lawsuit is filed and all the other stuff you saw in the prior slides occurs, then the FTC makes a non-negotiable settlement offer. Take it or leave it, non-negotiable. And the interesting thing is, and the reason I present this slide, is that as bad as the non-negotiable offer is, it's almost always way better than uh, deciding to litigate and fight, right? And in this particular case, Aaron Gravitz uh, agreed to settle for $192,000, but his partner, Charles Gugliusa, who, by the way, uh, was an attorney, not a practicing attorney, but an attorney working in the marketing area of this company, got nailed for $18.2 million because he thought he could you know, litigate with the Federal Trade Commission and win, which is really a bad idea. And then last year, Mr. Gugliosa filed for bankruptcy in order to discharge this debt. But guess what? The court denied it because the court ruled that the uh, judgment was based on fraud, right? It's an FTC deceptive marketing claim. It's based on fraud. And so therefore, it is not not dischargeable in bankruptcy. So this is hanging around. Uh, Charles cannot discharge it in bankruptcy. And then the final step in this whole process, horrible process, is a final offer that usually uh, provides three points. Number one, a permanent ban or an injunction. 
Uh, number two, fines, as you've seen, very big numbers. And it's important to remember there's personal liability, including family assets, and you can't discharge it in bankruptcy. And then last and certainly not least, a compliance reporting requirement lasting between 10 and 20 years. And the best way to explain this is to say that it's sort of like being audited by the Internal Revenue Service each year for 10 to 20 years. I mean, a lot of documents to be produced, that sort of thing. Very burdensome, uh, quite, quite a, 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 a terrible thing to have to live through for such a long period of time. So that's the typical final order and the final step uh, in this, what it's like to get sued by the Federal Trade Commission. And about the only way you'll know that is to, um, you know, have sat through this presentation or certainly be a victim, and, and that's not where you want to be. All right, and then the part three, let's talk about uh, a few additional cases. And again, I want to point out uh, the common thread here is I don't think anybody here uh, was acting recklessly. Uh, as I indicated at the outset, the common thread is that they simply didn't know what they didn't know. And I believe that applies to most, if not all of you. And so these cases also uh, are in line with that idea. Um, and one of, and, and this, is, this is a case involving Snapchat, very successful company. Um, this case was filed back in, I think, 2014, before they were quite as successful as they are now. And I, I bring it to your attention here to show you that you can be charged with a deceptive marketing practice based on what your privacy policy says and I'm often asked the question, how in the world could I, as a, an internet marketer, online entrepreneur, be, be nailed for a deceptive marketing practice because of my privacy policy when I'm not selling anything with my privacy policy? Well, the FTC goes about it this way. They say that if you make assurances and statements in your privacy policy, and those turn out to be not true, then that is a deceptive marketing practice. So that's how, that's the logic of how the, the privacy policy can, your own privacy policy can be enforced against you and you can be charged with deceptive marketing just based on your privacy policy alone. So in this particular case with Snapchat, they made a claim in their privacy policy that the messages known as snaps would disappear forever, partially true, partially untrue, and so, Deceptive, right? Uh, according to the FTC, they also stated that they would not collect location data, but they did. Again, untrue. And also that they had reasonable security measures. They thought they had them, but the FTC disagreed. So these were all deceptive statements, and the FTC brings a lawsuit back in 2014. There was a permanent ban, a comprehensive privacy program and a 20-year compliance reporting requirement, no fines in this case, however, but I mention it only to point out that, you know, your privacy policy can get you into as much trouble as your sales page, right, where you make your um, ad claims there. Um, and then the second case, I'm going to present more as a story than a case involving none other than the famous Frank Kern, a giant in the online marketing industry. Um, Frank is one of my heroes, actually. 
uh, and I, I mentioned this because it's a great. It's, I think it's an interesting story. It also involves a case, but I, I view it more as a story. And my partner Cuts and I had the pleasure of meeting Frank in person last year. We participated in one of his programs. He's a really funny guy, uh, very talented, and still, and to this day, very compliant with FTC regulations. So let me explain his story. And this goes way, way back in the early days of the Wild Wild West, the early 2000s. And what Frank did was he purchased separately from different sources some ebooks that had resale rights, meaning that he could sublicense these ebooks to others who would then market those to their uh, purchasers, right? So what he did, that he, he purchased the books individually, then bundled them, and then remarketed them as a bundle, right, with resale rights. The mistake that he made marketing-wise was he didn't do it on a private label or white label basis, meaning that if it was private label or white label, then all of the, his own personal names and photographs and co sales copy would be removed and it would be solely marked. These uh, ebooks would be solely marketed by the sub licensees with their branding, their features, their uh, images, that sort of thing. So what happened, he didn't do that, and all of these uh, these purchasers took it with Frank's name, his photograph, uh, his sales page, everything, and so the market was flooded with all these things, and some of the downline people were being very deceptive about what they were representing about these ebooks. And, you know, to the FTC, it looked a lot like Frank was doing all this when he really wasn't. So that's what got Frank in trouble, and the FTC brought a lawsuit claiming that he was involved in an illegal pyramid scheme. And I'm not a pyramid scheme attorney. I don't know that much about it, but I do know a little bit, and I really, I really don't think it was an illegal pyramid scheme. It, look, it looked like one, but I don't think it really was. And so his attorneys said, hey, let's fight this. So he did, and then after a while, he realized that he was spending a fortune in legal fees, and he wasn't even going to get this thing to trial because he was hardly advancing the case at all, spending money at an incredible rate. So he decided to settle. He did for $247,000, five-year compliance reporting requirement at that time. Now it's 10 to 20, but at that time, way back in 03, it was only five years. So that's really what happened technically in the case. Now, not long ago, I'm, I'm, well, a few years ago, Frank decided to publish a blog post describing his lessons from this very unfortunate event, right? And um, if you read that, uh, and I think the title is uh, What It's Like to Be Sued by the FTC by Frank Kern. I think it's still online. It's public, so there's nothing here that I'm disclosing that's private. And uh, I'm sharing with you his lessons. It's interesting to note that Frank is a marketer. He's not an attorney. Uh, but it, in places, he sounds a little bit like one. So it's interesting to hear Frank tell you these lessons than me. You expect it to come from me, right? So here they are. Some of them are a little bit Frank uh, and not exactly how I would articulate it. But here we go. Number one, you don't have to be a star baby to be in my show. And that means that Really, the, the big problem was the downline sub-licensees. He's the star of the show. Um, 
so so that's the problem. Number two, disclaimers don't matter, which is partially true and partially not true. The what the FTC doesn't like to see is a sales claim that says something like um, make ten thousand dollars in your first month or lose ten pounds in your first month, um, and then a disclaimer that basically says don't believe anything we say. In other words, a disclaimer that's completely inconsistent with what the claim is. Um, that's not going to work with the FTC, and that's what he means by number two. If if dis, if used correctly, disclaimers are very helpful. But that's what Frank means, and he's right about that. Number three, the FTC is complaint-driven. We've seen that already. Number four, if you're worried that what you're doing might get you into trouble, it probably will. That's sort of saying if, if, if it's a gut feel kind of situation and you think you're in trouble, you probably will be. Uh, number six, if everyone else is doing it and they're a lot worse than you, you can still get into trouble. That's sort of like the guy you know that's trying to hide on the back row in the slide we saw a few minutes ago, with um, you know the the people on the front. You know that I think that's what he's saying there. And then he says number six, for Christ's sake, get a good lawyer. And he he really went the extra mile because he asked for legal review of this plan before he executed and launched it. The problem. Uh, was that he asked a tax attorney who probably couldn't spell the word internet back at that time and uh, it was really the lawyer's responsibility to advise Frank that he wasn't qualified by training or experience to uh, or knowledge to represent him but he didn't do it he basically told Frank it was looking okay to him and uh, that's on him not on Frank but that's pretty good advice as well and his final lesson is this, the FTC is the FTC, which is true, of course. Your best course of action is to try to be obnoxiously compliant. That's good advice. And, and I, can, I, I believe clearly, based on my experience with Frank personally, that he remains and is obnoxiously, obnoxiously compliant with their regulations. All right, so up to now, We've talked about some war stories involving not only uh, Frank Kern, but some others uh, where the, the, the issues related to FTC compliance, or more specifically, marketers who were not in compliance with FTC regulations. But uh, you need to understand that as a, a, an entrepreneur and an owner of a small online business, there's more involved in your business other than FTC compliance, right? Um, you create intellectual property almost every day um, in the form of written materials, right? Which are covered by copyright law. Uh, your text on your website, your sales pages, uh, your squeeze pages, your ads, your social media posts, your um, your eBooks, all of this stuff is copyrighted material, and so. Uh, you really need to understand the copyright rules or you can lose your copyrights. And there are a couple of cases that I was involved in in my law practice that I'm going to mention here, both of them involving books uh, that were to be published on uh, Amazon. The first one was a, a children's book. And, and what happened here, the, the, the author of the book got into some trouble that I'm going to explain in just a second. At that time, they were not my client. 
But once they got into trouble, they came to me and said, okay, how do we solve the problem, which, which we did. But here's what happened. My client was creating a children's book, and as you know, um, it, it's really big on images and sort of uh, not so big on text, right? And so uh, my client had created some standard images of the main characters of the book and then uh, took those images to a professional artist and said, okay, now I want you to create the scenes or the pages for the book with these characters in different poses, you know, and uh, I'll pay you for it. So that's what happened. And then after that occurred and payment was made, my client discovers that the artist was acting like the owner of these images and the copyrights in the images. Uh, the artist put the images on her website, posted them in social media. So my client calls him and says, what are you doing? You don't own this stuff. I do. I, you, you, don't, you don't have a right to copy and publish these images. And the artist says, oh, yes, I do. I own the copyrights. You only have a license. And so at that point, they employed me, called me up and said, how can this be? I paid for this work. They created it for me. I own the copyrights. And I said, no, you don't, um, because there are three rules each of which has to be in place for you to own the copyrights. The rules in the Copyright Act for the area known as work made for hire are really defaulted in the independent contractor's favor. So there has to be a written agreement signed by the independent contractor stipulating magic words, which are that the work product is a work for hire or work made for hire. And if those requirements are in place, then you as the hiring party are going to own what you think you're entitled to. But if any one of those fails, then by default, the artist, the independent contractor here, uh, is going to own the work product and you get only a license. So here we have the problem. We had very little negotiating leverage, but I had to come up with some creative arguments and did. And we, uh, we got ownership, but we had to pay legal fees to me of over $10,000 and a little bit of additional money to the other side to get this taken care of. So that's one very tough example. Another one, again involving an ebook where my client had written 90 to 95% of the uh, text, but then goes to another person who uh, was asked to write one chapter and do a little proofing and editing. And then um, my client learns that uh, the other client is a, a joint author of the work. And uh, under the Copyright Act, there are certain assumptions about the owners of a joint work, and that is that they all contributed equally even though they may not have and didn't in this case because my client probably did 95% of the authorship and the other party did maybe five. But uh, nevertheless, there is an assumption in the Copyright Act that each was a, a, entitled to an equal share of profits and rights to grant non-exclusive licenses of the work and a right to create new versions or um, new additions, that sort of thing. So again, we had to negotiate a settlement to reel in all of the copyright interest in this other party so that my client owned all of it. And again, it was a fairly significant legal fee involved, but we got it done. So the, the, the bottom line, the lesson is here, uh, you got to know some of the basic rules of the road of copyright uh, in order to be really successful and not lose your copyrights and some of your valuable intellectual property. So what have we covered so far? 
Well, so far, we've covered the three big points, why the FTC is now going after little guys and why you should be worried. Uh, and secondly, what it's like to get sued by the FTC step by step. And then third, these cases, these real live examples we call war stories of people, and this is the common thread, who didn't know, didn't think they were at risk and didn't know what they didn't know, but who got nailed anyway by the FTC and then why it could happen to you. But in summary, I'd like to say that, you know, even though you're probably concerned about this and you probably should be, it's really not your fault. You've not done anything wrong. Um, the problem is you simply don't know what you don't know, which uh, I told you is a common thread here. And ignorance is no excuse. So the result is you're still held to account. You're still held to a standard of knowing these rules and regulations. And if you don't, you're going to, you know, suffer the consequences. And to make matters worse, there's such a high risk here in this particular situation. There are no tickets given for, you know, if you're caught speeding, you don't get the, uh, the, the uh, warning ticket uh, or the warning. I mean, this is extremely high risk because it involves the risk of loss of your business and your personal and family assets. So that's, that's the predicament. And uh, we're going to give you some solutions here as to what you can do. Well, the first one's obvious, right? And it's clearly your best uh, solution, your best option. And that, of course, is simply to hire an Internet attorney, somebody like me who does this every day and knows what's going on and knows how to, uh, you know, protect you. The problem is not with the advice you get, which is really, really good and very custom to, customized to your situation, but it's, it's, it requires a pretty significant budget. Here's an example. You know, if for basic website compliance documents and some consulting, that sort of thing, about $2,500 to $3,000. Then if you have a membership uh, uh, website with a continuity income plan, you probably need another couple of thousand dollars to get that in place and to do the disclaimers that are necessary and the other requirements. And then, um, you know, you're, you're basically set up to do business, but what about intellectual property protection and some of your marketing documents? Maybe another $3,000, but then you're still ready to do business. But here's a big question. That's the last bullet. What happens as developments occur in the future, new developments, and they come in a very rapid rate. I mean, almost every month there's a new development. So if you spend this kind of money to get started, what happens next month and six months, three months, and six months later, you're going to, you know, slowly be out of compliance because of new developments. So there's got to be budgeting to cover that. And that's why, you know, that is the best option, but clearly an expensive one. So what's the next best option? Well, it's very clear to me, and I can say without reservation, your next best option is to become a pro-level member in FTC Guardian. And there's no question in my mind about that. So you might think, well, okay, so what do you get um, if you're a member or become a member right now in, uh, as, as a pro-level member at that level of membership in FTC Guardian? Well, for starters, you get a blueprint, which seems to make sense, right? I mean, it basically outlines the steps that you need to take. And here's a clip of the top, maybe 25% of page one of a blueprint we provide, step one. 
what you need to know about what what learn what you need to know about the FTC. You could probably already check this one off because you've learned a lot about the FTC in this um, in this call. Number two, create best basic website documents, and uh, it goes on from there. So you get the blueprint to help you get started. You also get some customized documents, and the real key here, and listen carefully here, um, what you get is not a uh, cookie cutter uh, form or template where you fill in the blanks. Basically, uh, that's not what we provide. Instead of instead of that, we provide uh, very customized documents with what is known as RBDA technology, uh, an acronym for Rule-Based Document Assembly. And so, what happens with RBDA is this: it it's software-driven and it, it attempts to replicate what I would do if I were your attorney, which would be I would simply ask you questions, you would provide answers, and then I would create customized documents based on your answers. And the software replicates that to the extent it can, ask you questions, and in many cases um, the, the question you're being asked right now depends on an answer that you gave to a previous question. So there's logic built in here. You finish the question there, and if you are not quite sure how to answer a particular question, there's help text there to help you do it. At the very end, you hit submit, and then the software goes to a massive database of clauses. In fact, the document at that point doesn't even exist, but the, the logic does, and so the software goes to the database, pulls the clauses that are indicated by your answers, and then assembles those clauses into a document, numbers those clauses as it should, and then spits out a document and the whole complicated process occurs in less than five seconds. So you really get a customized document, not a cookie cutter template, right? And you get a lot of them and we'll, we'll take a look at that in just a minute or two or, or a little bit later. You also get trust seal rights that indicate you're a verified member of FTC Guardian to enhance customer confidence and to assist you with uh, establishing no like and trust that you need in order to successfully market your business and also uh, in addition to these documents which are important but here's a really important point to, you need to listen carefully everybody that got into trouble uh, in the war stories that we've talked about had legal documents right so the legal documents alone aren't going to protect you it's really the legal documents and then the rules of the road or the strategies. And you remember the uh, fingers on the left hand in the little demo we did at the outset? Those are the strategies and rules that you need to support your marketing strategies. So it's, it's that that got these people in trouble or the lack of understanding and the use of those strategies that got them into trouble. So. As a member of FTC Garden, you get a lot of that basic training, most of it in the form of maybe five-minute videos by me. That's a little clip of one of them. Um, and some cheat sheets. But the vast majority would be basic training, rules of the road and strategies in the form of videos by me. And here are the basic topics. And you can see here, it's stuff that you probably do almost every day. Um, the second bullet, website legal compliance. We're talking a lot about that in this call. The third bullet, outsourcing. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about that in the two copyright cases, but you do a lot of that. 
you might use material of others, and you might be tempted to um, to copy images off of a uh, Google search, but most of those are going to be copyrighted. So you know, there's some there's some material there to help you understand what your rights might be and how to solve the problem. Marketing agreements, advertising testimonials, privacy, data security, IP. You know, it covers the gamut of what you need. Uh, the strategies you need to operate your online business. But here's where um, FTC Guardian, and no one that we know of, by the way, has this basic training, these strategies. And this takes the training and strategies to a whole new level. And when I say this, I mean twice a month now, uh, live. In fact, we had one uh, two nights ago uh, for the second one this month. Um, twice a month live Google Hangouts where we talk about new developments and topics that we believe are very important to the operation of your business. And it's important to understand that these are not webinars for a long, you know, an hour or more, but they are very targeted. Usually my presentation lasts about 20 minutes. Uh, we, we respect your time. We know you've got a lot of things going on. So it's about a 20-minute presentation. Then we open the floor up to questions, and we hang around until the questions are answered. So where else are you going to go and have a full-time internet attorney hang around twice a month with a with an update on new developments? And you remember we talked when we talked about what the attorney does. You need to also, you know, budget money for that. Well, here it is here. Uh, no additional charge for your pro-level membership twice a month updates, very specific targets, not too time consuming, and an opportunity to fire questions at me uh, until until you're through, right? So we hang on and we do that. Also, we've got a lot of material in our members area. In fact, it's almost reached the point of overload, but we've solved the problem by having searchable tags, right? So all you have to do is enter a tag or a keyword and then uh, the the website will in, indicate all of the material we have on that topic, so it's easy to find 24/7 uh, at your fingertips. Answers to your questions and training documents, the whole nine yards. We've got a lot of extremely um, very happy uh, members, so this is one, um, and she says. FTC Guardian is off the charts, that's what she says, when it comes to helping uh, protect us solo entrepreneurs I'm investing because it's a great time saver and the best peace of mind insurance I've ever seen. So that's the typical, um, we've got hundreds of those, that's the typical uh, testimonial we get, very similar to a lot of the rest, but here's one that's a little bit different and the reason it's different is because Deanne is an attorney and not an attorney in the internet area. I have no idea what area she works in, but, uh, and, and so what she says is from a different perspective and it's, I think, interesting to point out. She says uh, in paragraph one, by the time I create all the required documents for the website, and by the way, what Google requires to get good search engine results, it would take me hours to research and prepare them, even though she's got a legal background. And at her fee level, it'd be crazy to do all of that. Uh, and never mind, she's got to keep it updated as the laws change. So it's just easier to become a member than to do all that work herself, even though she's trained to do it. Number two, 
And then she says it's so much easier to stay up to date uh, with our uh, our membership offering uh, rather than doing her own research. It's like having her own research team for a song. What could be better? And then finally, she says, I've sampled several other programs, and this is by far superior, even though another one is run by an attorney, uh, but not an internet specialist and not a firm of legal minds. And then she finally summarizes by saying, there just isn't anything better out there I've looked. So that's a slightly different perspective on on FTC Garden, and we really appreciate her comments there. So, uh, fair warning, um, you really don't want to try to figure this out or do it alone. There's a lot of stuff, very complicated, and the worst thing you could do would be to copy somebody else's website documents, particularly a privacy policy. Uh, one is copyright liability. I had a guy call me about six months ago, said he'd gotten a demand from another attorney to pay $5,000 because he had copied without authorization a, uh, a, a, a privacy policy uh, from, this, from his client's website. And, uh, and I said, look, I mean, you did it and it's a strict liability offense. I mean, the best you can do is negotiate. I'll help you if you want, but you know, he's got you dead to right. So I think they negotiated a little bit less than $5,000, but it's clearly a possible copyright claim if the attorney who created it is, you know, looking for the, and of course this particular lawyer was searching for violators and, and getting the payment. And of course one size doesn't fit all. You remember if the statements you make in a privacy policy don't really correspond to what you do or don't do, then you're in trouble. So if you copy the other guy's policy, it's probably not going to fit what you do. And it's really a, 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 an FTC claim ready to happen. And of course, the final reason is documents alone aren't going to protect you anyway. You need the strategies. That's where people get into the most trouble. And that's really what sets FTC Guardian apart. So um, there are some final questions I'd like to ask you to think about just a little bit. And that is, you know, relating to the value of a membership in FTC Guardian. So the first is what if your investment in FTC Garden would save your business and family assets, would it be worth it? Well, of course it would. That's, that's really a no-brainer, and I, I just put it in there for grins, I guess, because it, clearly we all know the answer. It would be worth it if it would save you from the agony of these war stories we've talked about, right? The real question, though, the more serious one is this. What if all you can definitely point to based on your investment in a membership in FTC Guardian is your peace of mind. And then listen to this one. If you're married, your spouse's peace of mind, knowing that you've taken responsible steps to protect your business and family assets, would it be worth it? And I believe you're, if you think about it for more than a couple of seconds, you'd probably say yes, because remember, uh, in the, the with the FTC, it's your your personal and family assets that are on the line as well. So your spouse, if you're married, definitely has an interest there. And uh, I think your spouse would be very much appreciative, appreciative if you were taking the steps to protect those assets. So um, we're, we're very close to the end of my part of the presentation. I'd like to leave you with some promises that we're making or will make to you when you become a member today. And that is simply this, you'll be happier because 
at, at least you'll know that you can assume control of your business and personal assets from the gorilla that we talked about at the very beginning, right? You'll be happier because of that. And then secondly, you'll be more successful because you'll not only know that you can take control, but you'll have the simple and easy tools that will help you do it. And then finally, you'll just have more of a sense of freedom because you won't be worried anymore about protecting your assets. Instead, you'll be able to focus on what you do best, which is growing your business, or you'll get your money back. We've got a 30-day money-back guarantee, and I, I can report, I don't, I don't look at this, but I think our uh, refund rate or return rate is less than a 1%. In fact, I believe it's less than a half of a percent. Everybody seems to be really happy with what we're doing and realizes the value of it. So let's talk about specifics in terms of, in terms of value and also what does it cost and how does that stack up with the value. So here we go with the elements of the pro-level membership. If you talk about the strategy videos, I think you know a very conservative figure would be a little less than a thousand bucks. You see that figure there. Then we get to the Hangouts, twice a month live with Q&A. Now, I don't know how you figure this. I don't know how you can peg the real value because every month that goes by, the value increases, right? We just pulled out a very conservative figure of $2,400, but we think it's worth a lot more than that, obviously. But this is a very conservative estimate. Then you've got all these documents, probably about 85 or 86 documents, and you'll see in a few minutes a little bit more of these. We're not going to go into great detail, but there are two categories. The um, website compliance and intellectual property combined are around $600, and the same would be for the marketing and promotional documents, another close to $600, very conservative, I believe. Um, so if you then add all of this stuff up, you can see, I believe, a very conservative real value of around $4,600, which, which I think we could easily support as being, um, you know, really a conservative value of this. But the, the real question is, what is it right now? And that is, um, we're having a special offer because Mike asked us to, hey, you know, his people that were going to sign up for this training. Uh, he needed to deliver something. And so um, today, and for a very limited time, which Alan will explain in just a minute or two, uh, there is only one payment. And it always happens, somebody will say, is it really true? Is it just one payment? Yes, it is true. One payment, only $297. Now, if you compare that to the price right now on our website, which is uh, 348 per year, then you can see that this is a heck of a deal. 297 one time versus 348 per year. So it's available. You need to really take advantage of it. And again, Alan will explain exactly when it expires and what you need to do to jump on this one right away. And then finally, you remember at the beginning of the presentation, um, we talked about this free offer for hanging on, and so uh, you have hung on, and, uh, and, and in a very few minutes, Alan will explain um, exactly how you can get the free copy of the book with our compliments, uh, and we appreciate very much your staying on to the call at, at this point. So 
Um, Alan, I'm going to now turn this over to you so that you can explain a few details about how to get this offer and also to jump in and take advantage of this very special offer for the pro-level membership. Yeah, yeah. I want to make sure you can see my screen, Chip. Chip, can you see my screen? I'm still seeing my uh, image of the bonus offer book. And uh, then you're, I think you're clicked. Yeah, I, I'm saying I have another thing going. So you're. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe I should click on this thing. There you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I've got right. another computer. So I see really now. Nice yeah. Yeah. Okay. So look, everyone. Um, here's what we're here for. Like Chip said in the very beginning, with a little demonstration, is your left hand and your right hand your legal. Um, you know your 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 legal solutions and your marketing solutions and putting them together and grasping them together and having both your legal and marketing tied together. That's what we're about. And if you think about it, it's really uh, you know no different than doing your accounting at the end of the year. It's it's a legal process. It's something you need to do. Um, probably one of the only differences is is that the rules change a lot more than uh, than accounting. You know, basically accounting laws take effect once a year. Uh, in the FTC arena, uh, as well as with you've got the FTC, which is the the, the main governing body, and the 28 plus states, rules change throughout the year. And what we do with FTC Guardian is keep you up to date with that through our rules of road and strategies, as well as our two hangouts a month. And if there needs to be, if you need to make changes to your documents, or if there's Maybe you don't need to make changes to your document, but there's changes that you need to, uh, new things that you need to know about. Uh, for example, recently there's there were some new changes to native advertising. If you do any native advertising using Outbrainer, uh, Tulio, or any of those, uh, there were some special you know things that you needed to know if you do native advertising. So uh, we had a hangout specifically on that. So. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go through a few slides here, and let's see if my slides change. Let me. Uh, okay, good. So, what I want to do is I want to go through here and just show you what you get with FTC Guardian Pro membership. Uh, we've got three different membership levels. We have our basic membership level, which is $288 per year. Our Pro annual, uh, that is uh, $348 per year. Our enterprise, which is fifteen hundred, we'll talk a little about enterprise. Enterprise is more; it, it may not be for you guys if you're just a, a, a single, you know, entrepreneur. You've just got your own websites and do stuff. But if you're if you have clients, then enterprise might be something that you'd be interested in. We have a lot of hosting companies, um, uh, big time, big marketing agencies, stuff like that that have uh, our enterprise edition and. I'll show you how you can get it for less than $1,500 if it's something you want. It's really a one-time offer, but it's up to you whether it works for you. Uh, and then we have our, again, our course, our annual 348. We, Chip and I, are also working, just so you know, this is just kind of a, as an FYI, we're working on a training program that Chip has kind of uh, discovered that we'll be you know, offering this to large agencies where we'll probably put together like a $5,000 a year package for them where they can train their people and make sure that they have all the training that they're going to do. So it, again, this is really growing uh, a little bit faster than uh, 
uh, probably maybe than what we want sometimes, but at the same time, it's it's really catching on. So we're going to go with this, and I'm going to go through the slides. What you want to pay attention to is this middle column right here. This is everything you get with the pro annual, and you will be paying a one-time payment. Yes, one-time payment. Uh, gosh, as I, as I said, I've known Mike Stewart. I bought his first programs back in the day, uh, you know, front and back music, I think it was, stuff like that. Uh, I bought my first microphone and amplifier back in the day before they had these USB uh, microphones. I bought in a package from Mike, you know, probably in big seminar two or three or something like that. So all of that stuff I have learned from Mike uh, from the get-go. So what you want to do is pay attention to this middle category here, and we're going to give you a special deal on that. So the uh, as a basic member, it's it's over here. You have you you can do all of this for one website that you own. As a pro level member, which you will be, is you can do this for as many websites as you own. If you own five websites, you can create all the documents and log into everything for every website that you own. You've got 100 websites that you own. You can build all the documents and do all the stuff for all of your websites. You're going to get your legal documents, your terms of service, all of these basic documents, and then we're going to go through the next set which starts the supplemental documents, and then Chip is going to go through and kind of, we, we just briefly talked about the 86-something-odd documents. He's going to uh, kind of go into a little bit more depth just quickly on some of these reasons why the pro is better and why what you're going to get with this with these documents. You know, Chip, you want to talk about that, the supplemental documents? Yeah, just just I'll hit the high spots without going through the, all the detail. You see at the very top, book author notices and disclaimers. And we've got a lot of people who are involved in um, as Kindle authors, so that gets you started there. Then if you look down toward the middle, you see four documents that begin with the acronym ROSCA, which is the federal statute dealing with uh, regulating continuity uh, income plans that are used in web, excuse me, membership websites. So we've got some documents to comply with ROSCA there. Um, and then, you know, a number of others. But again, this category is for, you know, the very basic documents are going to almost all appear on every website. But then these appear depending on these circumstances, right? And then probably the most significant of all of these would be the next to the last privacy part, uh, excuse me, privacy policy retargeting advertising. So, if you think back in that first group of basic documents that Alan just showed you, there is a basic privacy policy that does not involve your involving yourself in retargeted ads. But if you do, which you probably should consider because it's where the you know the the conversions are, right? Uh, and but a lot of uh, disclosures are required not only by the FTC but by the major platforms including Google and Facebook right so uh, we've got a very special privacy policy there for our members who are involved in retargeted ads so that gives you the flavor of supplemental compliance documents all right Intellectual property. Now you remember the two war stories 
about copyright. Um, so if you go down to the bottom and count up four, you see collaboration agreement. Very simple. It can be entered into through email, uh, through the eSign Act. The collaboration agreement would have solved the second of the two war stories we talked about and prevented it from happening, right? And then uh, copyright assignments there where you, we use one of those uh, to reel back in the copyright interest that we failed to get, you know, with the, with the first war story that we used that. So uh, these documents all involve helping you protect your intellectual property. And at the very top of the list, a non-disclosure agreement, very important to very basic document in your toolbox uh, as an online business owner. And it would be used typically where you're talking to someone about partnering or maybe entering into a joint venture with because during the discussions leading up to the actually doing the deal, you're going to disclose as well as the other party might disclose some confidential information about your business and you want them to use it only for purposes of evaluating the opportunity, not to steal it and then go use it against you, right? So the non-disclosure agreement covers that. So that is a sort of a quick summary of the types of documents we have there. And now we have the uh, customer agreements. Yeah, this is a long list of customer agreements. Uh, most of our, uh, the vast majority, I think, of our customer, our members use. Wait a minute, where is it? It just disappeared. <laughs> There it is. The very top one, it's, uh, it can have many outcomes depending on how you answer the questions. It can be an account agreement or a membership agreement or a subscription agreement. So if you're doing you know, online services or coaching or that sort of thing, that would be one variation of that would be what you want. But then there are a whole bunch of other documents there that involve agreements that run between you directly to your customer and they're extremely important because they help you, first of all, nail down your right to get paid for what you do. And then, I'm, I've lost the image, Alan. There it is, the screen, come back. They also help you limit your liability, right, which is also very important. So a lot of times these agreements are overlooked, but we've got a full complement there for you. And then what's next? Another one. What's next? Yep. Yeah, hang on. I'm just. Uh, somebody said that. Somebody said the screen was blurry, and I was trying to fix the blurriness yeah. on the screen. This last category is a category involving documents where you market indirectly rather than directly, meaning that you market through intermediaries. And you see at the very top the classic example affiliates, right? If you have an affiliate program, you're going to need an affiliate agreement. And just below that, you see a couple of JV agreements or joint venture agreements. So these are documents that, and there's some reseller agreements below. Um, about five or six down, there's one titled Web Content Reseller. Um, we had a hangout a few months ago that explained how you use this content reseller agreement to create passive income streams. So this is a uh, a, a really very comprehensive collection of these documents that 
help you market through intermediaries and thereby leverage their marketing efforts. Then basically we have the rules of the road, then strategies. These are sections that we've kind of cornered off that just has everything in it. There are specific videos that Chip's uh, put together. Uh, like if you clicked on web compliance, there's a set of videos that are inside web compliance that aren't anywhere else. They're specifically about web compliance. Uh, outsourcing, there's some videos in there and some resources specifically to outsourcing, uh, marketing agreements, uh, online advertising, and stuff like that. So those are the rules of the roads. And then at the bottom is the, um, the Enterprise Edition. Again, the Enterprise Edition is something that's really not for everyone. It's really for those uh, uh, local marketers, web developers, hosting companies, uh, authors, speakers, people who have a try, people who have an audience that have a membership uh, site, things like that. We've got quite a few people who have membership sites, and this is the back end of their membership site, is making sure their people are compliant, uh, that kind of thing. So um, the next is um, just you know basically a recap of the price and what it is. Uh, again, you know you get the strategy videos, nine hundred ninety-seven dollars. The Hangouts two per month. Again, we stay on the Hangouts. Thirty-five to forty minutes. Chip's presentation is normally like a twenty-minute presentation, and then on top of that, it's a uh, you know the 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 remaining 10 15 minutes and we've stayed on an hour but normally we're off in 40 minutes uh, it's all answering people's questions specific to whatever the hangout is uh, you know doing everything we can to, to get our members questions answered as it relates to that specific hangout um, and then we've got the compliance and IP documents $597 marketing promotional documents easily you know 4500 plus dollars and with Mike's promo just for him uh, if you go to ftcguardian.com forward slash Mike then um, it's $297 one time payment uh, and I've already had people ask what is this uh, getting the in the question box so here it is if you have a membership site you really should have what's called a click-through agreement prior to the people entering their name and information and credit cards you know all their credit card information. This is ours, so you would click the "I agree" button, enter your first name, last name, and email address, and click "Sign me up." And this is a document. This very same document is inside our membership site uh, as part of our one of our documents that you would have if you had a membership site. So you click on that, you go through that. You're going to go to the checkout page. Again, you're going to see that it's $297 uh, one time. And I think I need to mute chip. I hear something in the background. Hang on. See if that works. Yeah, that was chip. Okay, so um, you're going to go through there. And then um, enter your name, uh, credit card, stuff like that. You're all good. And then you're going to come to a video. And this is a video of me telling you about the enterprise membership. Again, the enterprise membership, it is uh, an additional $397, or if you don't want the $397, which includes the, uh, the book and uh, basically the workbook and CDs uh, that come with it, 
you can get the digital only version by saying no and then saying yes to the next one. But this is really only for hosting companies, web developers, local marketers, uh, speakers, authors, coaches, uh, people who have membership sites. The the it's it's a great program for those types of businesses, individuals or businesses. Uh, if you just have your own little websites that you're not, uh, uh, you don't have, you know, customers that you could, uh, you know, offer FTC Guardian to, then it's not for you. You get a, a two-tier affiliate program. You have the the ability to offer licensing rights. You can basically gift or give uh, licensing rights to our basic memberships for free. Uh, it's a $288 a year value. You can give your your customers a one-year $288 value and uh, they become a basic member for free for a year and then we uh, work to get them upgraded to a pro membership because we know that pro is where it's really at for most members. Uh, it's a great value. Just watch the video and if it's for you, take it. If it's not for you, then please click the no thank you because if you click the buy now, it's a buy now and it's additional to $397. Um, and then we have a Facebook group. Our Facebook group, so you know, is not a place for tech support and stuff like that. What it really is, is it's another way for us to communicate with you, uh, our members, about how to, uh, how to, when our hangouts are, uh, stuff like that. Because some people don't get our emails, they don't see it, but they're on Facebook a lot, right? So. All of our Hangouts are posted on Facebook so that we can make sure that you get on the Hangout if you want to, that you can get on the Hangout and you can post your questions. It's not really a place for tech support and that kind of stuff. So after you log in, you're going to see a page like this and it's going to, you know, uh, after you fill out your information, you're going to really land on a page called My Account. You're going to fill out all your information, your address, and make sure your company name, all that kind of stuff is in there. And then you're going to go through here and just get started with the uh, welcome page and then walk yourself down through uh, the quick start guide, basic documents, and just walk your way through it. Uh, our support is fantastic. Molly is fantastic. Uh, she takes care of everybody. It's really uh, great. So it's simple. It's $297, one time payment. I just saw the question come up. It is a one time payment and uh, it's ftcguardian.com forward slash Mike. Uh, there that is and we've had a couple questions about the book uh, yes mark uh, one-time payment paid forever uh, period forever yes that's a mark question uh, he's asked it two or three times yes so uh, for the book just go to our uh, our Facebook page it's uh, facebook.com forward slash FTC Guardian and just give us a quick like uh, like our page and um, you know, we'd, we'd love to hear, post a comment about what you, you know, what you thought about our presentations, Chip's presentation specifically, and um, then send an email to book, B-O-O-K, at ftcguardian.com, and please, in the subject line, make sure you put, I did it, that you liked our page and that kind of stuff, because that's, it's, it's an auto-reply email. If you do this, then it sends that, right? So... If you do that correctly, you'll get a copy, uh, a link to the PDF of the book, as well as a, um, a coupon code to purchase the book. 
if you'd like to have it shipped to you and like a, a copy of it for your library, you can also do it. I think it comes out to if you purchase the book sales on Amazon, I believe for like twenty four ninety five, something like that. And if you use the coupon code, it comes down to like less than five dollars, four dollars and ninety five cents or something like that. So you get that. Again, we have loads and loads and loads of testimonials uh, from our from our customers and our members. Uh, everybody loves FTC Guardian, and uh, again, this is what we're about. We're about protecting you and making sure you have the resources that you need to stay protected uh, while you're doing business out there. We give you the documents, we give you the knowledge, we give you what you need to do. You just need to do the right thing and become a member and uh, we're going to take care of the rest. It's pretty simple. This is it. Go to ftcguardian.com forward slash Mike and if you have some questions, uh, we've already have a few of them coming in. I'm going to, uh, let me see, we can unmute Chip here real quick. Uh, Chip, can you unmute your microphone there on that side? There you go. You're can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. A while ago, I could hear a reverb of me coming off your side for some reason. Okay. Uh, so we've got a few questions. If you have questions, now is the time to uh, to pop them in there. So um, a couple of them that, that we have already received that I'm going to start with. And then, Chip, if you'll, uh, as I get more, just go through them. One was, and, and I went back and forth, and then I still had another question about it is outside of the U.S. It's a question we get a lot, right? What if yeah. I'm outside the U.S.? Yeah, the, the answer is really simple. It really doesn't matter where you're located. You can be anywhere. You can be on the planet. You can be in uh, Canada. You can be in Europe. You can be in Australia, wherever. As long as you're selling into the U.S. to consumers who are located in the U.S., uh, and that's what the FTC Act is supposed, excuse me, to protect consumers who are located here, right? And so if you're selling to the, those consumers or if you're simply just collecting information from them, say in a squeeze page, then you're subject to the jurisdiction of the FTC and they do go outside the U.S. to enforce. They, one of the biggest uh, lawsuits and settlements in the last 10 years was against um, a Canadian guy named Jesse Willems who tried very hard to stay outside of the U.S. He had he lived in the in Canada. He his businesses were located in Canada. His servers for his various websites were located in Canada. I believe all of his employees were in Canada, as well as himself. And he still got nailed uh, about three years ago. Another guy in the U.K. Uh, who operated a dating website where he was using some fake flirts <laughs> from from guys? I guess uh, they weren't real people flirting, but they were, you know, they were make believe or fake. And he got nailed. So yeah, it happens uh, all the time. So yeah, if if you're selling into the U.S. to consumers, you're subject to the jurisdiction of the FTC. No question about it. 
Next question. Going through them is uh, the personal asset freeze you spoke of. Somebody's asking, well, how can the FTC freeze personal assets? Number one, it, it was kind of a twofold question. How can they freeze personal assets, and why doesn't my Inc. or LLC protect me? That's a good question because normally, um, a the reason, one of the important reasons why you would incorporate or do business in an LLC, limited liability company, is because it shelters uh, your personal assets uh, from lawsuits against the company. In other words, uh, if you get into disputes, and we're talking about regular civil lawsuits against your company, they're not going to be able to get through that company into your personal assets unless they can prove some very difficult things, and I'm not going to go into the detail of it, uh, to say, but to say that it's not absolutely 100% in all circumstances a shelter of your personal assets, but in almost all, it's very difficult to pierce what is known as the corporate veil or the LLC veil, as the case may be, to get to those personal assets. So, uh, if you're doing business as a corporation or an LLC, you're basically protected from exactly what the FTC can do. But the deal is here, the FTC is the preeminent consumer protection agency. And so uh, when, when Congress passed the FTC Act, basically the idea was the FTC needed the extraordinary power to go after personal assets because they were protecting consumers, right? And so, uh, it, it is highly unusual, and that's one of the reasons we we have these webinars is to wake people up to and smell the coffee to what is is really extraordinary. The whole idea of freezing personal bank accounts and appointing receivers and imposing personal liability is just beyond what most people think is possible, right? But with the with respect to the FTC, it is not only possible but very likely to happen. So there are extraordinary powers there, which are not in, uh, you don't see in normal civil litigation. So that's the reason, that's the distinction between the powers that the FTC has versus, you know, any other plaintiff in regular uh, civil litigation. Okay. Uh, the next question was about our Hangouts, and I'll answer part of it, and then Chip, you can follow up with the, the back side of the question. We do have the Hangouts uh, twice a month. Usually, it's somewhere around the second and fourth Tuesday. It's, it's, right now, they're always on Tuesdays, uh, usually around 7 uh, p.m. Eastern time. Uh, the, the topics, the, the, the dates are chosen like, you know, probably a couple of months in advance. We've already got uh, September, October, and November, I think, already scheduled. Uh, the topics are... Uh, you know, usually chosen by CHIP, specifically if there are new rules and regulation changes that we need to uh, let our members know about. And then after that, uh, stuff that CHIP finds that says, okay, we need to talk about this because there's a lot of hoopla going on about it, and we need to make sure people understand. I mean, for example, native advertising is the one that came up a couple of months ago. So we did, in, I, think, I think it almost ended up like two two different hangouts specifically about native advertising and making sure people had their compliance guides and they were doing everything correctly. And then sometimes their um, members have specific questions. Uh, yeah. 
Well, let me one. jump in here if I might. And, and, and uh, Alan, you don't even know this because it happened today and I haven't had an opportunity to tell you yet. But I was working on topics for uh, Hangouts for the month of September next month, right? And uh, earlier this, today, uh, Molly, uh, our assistant, sent me an email from one of, the, one of our members who attended our Hangout this Tuesday, two days ago. And she's asking this question about essentially involving the use of other person's YouTube videos in their marketing, right? It was a very detailed question. And she says, please, uh, if you can, consider this for um, a Hangout topic. And so I read it very carefully this morning, and I liked it, right? And I really believe not only did I like it, I thought it was an interesting topic, but I think it would be applicable to a fairly significant section of our members, right? So I sent her an email saying, yes, congratulations, thanks for suggesting this topic, and by the way, I've accepted it for uh, the first hangout in September. So I haven't had a chance to tell Alan about it because I haven't even emailed to him the topics for September. I've been working on it today. And so that's a classic example of the fact that every now and then we do rely on uh, suggestions from members about topics they like. So that's a classic example of that. And when you jump into this offer, um, that'll be the next hangout and you'll be able to attend and, uh, and participate and ask questions. Absolutely, absolutely. And our, our hangouts are, are very member driven. Um, you know, again, when there isn't specific things that I've either brought up, because I'm on the mark, you know, Chip's the attorney side, I'm the marketing side. So I stay a lot more in tune with what people are doing in the marketing and what I'm doing in the marketing place for my customers and clients. Uh, so, you know, I bring my side to it and then Chip on his side, you know, says, no, this is on the legal side, this is what's going on and we need to talk about this. Or, you know, I say, hey, this is what people are doing. We need, you know, we need to uh, enlighten our members to make sure they, you know, are covering their butts out there. Yeah, let me jump in if I might. I want to blow my partner cuts his horn a little bit. He didn't quite do it, but he's a modest fellow sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Alan is one of the top marketers around. He he, he consults with uh, marketers. He, he has training for them in all sorts of areas, including um, uh, targeted ad, retargeted ads. And one of the great benefits that has sort of developed with our Hangouts is that um, there is a not an insignificant amount of time devoted to Alan's comments. It's not just me. Um, it, I give the presentation, basically, but when we get into the Q&A, um, then Alan does a lot of, makes a lot of contribution from the marketing perspective. You know, I'm the attorney, and I, I know enough to be, about marketing to be dangerous, but this is his life. This is what he does. He's very, very good at it. And so really what you get as a member uh, attending the Hangout is far more than just the legal side. You get a combination of the legal side and the marketing perspective and how the two relate to each other because he adds that, which is extremely valuable. So I don't know where you could go get both the legal and the marketing perspective on these developments that are occurring at a very rapid pace. And, and, and Alan makes a terrific contribution to these hangouts. It's not just me. It's, it's a lot of it, Alan, covering that stuff. So I just wanted to mention that. I think it's important. 
Yep, thanks, thanks. All right, we have one last question, and then uh, we'll just uh, call it a call it a day. And uh, you know, we're going to get members. Uh, you know, if if there's any reason you're on the fence, I want to know because if if you're doing business online today, you really only have two options. I guess there's three. One option is to hire an attorney. Second option is to use something like FTC Guardian, and we're the only company out there doing what we're doing. That's the reason we started what we're doing. We had enough friends and knew enough you know, companies that were getting nailed by the FTC. We said, okay, there needs to be some education around this subject that we need to do something about it. Or you, know, you could just go naked, right? Just run around out there naked if you want. And, you know, <laughs> I, I don't choose that. I don't, I don't think that's the best option today. But if you want to run around naked, you can run around naked. Um, so there's no reason, especially with Mike's offer for $297 for one-time payment, and you're doing business online, there's absolutely no reason to do it. If you're doing business in the U.S., uh, to consumers in the U.S., it's something you need. So we'll go with the last question, and it was about RBDA technology. Uh, they missed what RBDA meant, and I'll, I will start by saying it stands for Rule-Based Document Assembly. Uh, so none of these documents are created yet. They're created on the fly after you go through the series of questions. Very similar to, you know, taking a meeting with Chip or any attorney for any matter, uh, for that matter, is taking a meeting with an attorney and they're asking you questions and they're jotting down a little, little you know, yellow legal pad the answers to your questions because they've you know they've been doing this stuff over and over whether you go to a divorce attorney or a FTC compliance attorney they've done it long enough they're going to ask you a set of questions and they're going to jot down the answers in a specific way and they're going to say okay we need this we need this we need this we need this it would be very similar to you doing the same thing with chip sitting down in front of chip and going through it and it's costing you a hell of a lot less than it would if yeah. you sit down with an attorney let so me just throw this in, just very briefly. Think of a RBDA as sort of like an expert system. I don't believe it's quite an expert system, but it's sort of like one. The documents really don't exist as, you know, assembled documents. There's just thousands of clauses in the database, but the software asks you questions, and then based on your answers, it pulls those clauses and then assembles a document. That's the assembly part creates the document on the fly, numbers the clauses, and then spits it out in five seconds or less. So it's a much more um, much more customized process. And I created this thing way I designed it. I didn't write the code for it, but I designed it back in the early 90s when I was doing a lot of very complicated uh, software distribution and, remar and marketing agreements. Because uh, cutting and pasting just couldn't get the job done. It had to be an intelligent system. So I designed this thing and had one of my clients, I, I employed the guy to write the software code and he did. And then we later made a product out of it. So that's how it all started. It's Chip. Chip wrote the questions, right? So it'd be just like sitting down oh, and asking yeah. questions. Chip wrote, I wrote the questions. questions. I wrote the logic that relates the questions to the clauses, right? Yeah. So, so you don't really know that there's a logic tree underneath. All you do is you answer a question. But, you know, sometimes it's, you know, you answer a question and the logic tree goes one way or if you answer it a different way, it goes a different way. So it all, it's all working underneath. All you know is one question appears and the next one and the next one. And then when it's done, 
you hit submit and the software goes to the database and grabs those clauses that are rep that are indicated by the answers and assembles them into a document so it makes the document it assembles it right there but because you're dealing with software it happens very fast like five seconds or less you can generate a 20-page document clause by clause right so uh, it's it's extremely elegant technology and I use it by the way I use it every day in my law practice. It's what I do, right? I use it all the time, and I simply make it available to you as a pro-level member. So it's a very powerful tool, no question about it. All right. So that is the last one. We don't want to keep anybody, uh, you know, going any longer than possible. Uh, uh, so if there's anything else, we're going to uh, to hop off and. Uh, we really appreciate all you guys being on. We appreciate Mike Stewart for uh, having us and for allowing us to uh, to talk to this audience. This is something that we, we you know every opportunity we get to talk to people about. We want to do it. It's a mission of ours to make sure people are compliant. As I've said, we've you know Chip just went over you know a handful of case studies uh, today, and there are literally you know. These are just a handful of case studies. We could go through thousands and thousands of case studies of people getting nailed by the FTC, and uh, we just want to make sure that that we're out there trying to uh, to make sure people are compliant. It's it's not that difficult. You just need to have some guidance, and we put together a guidance system for you. So that's it. Thank you very much, and we appreciate everybody coming on the on the training and. Um, um, we hope you get signed up, and we hope you see you on the next Hangout. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike.